It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 379 of Locked On Raptors for Saturday, September 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where there's links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We got Locked On Fantasy. We got Locked On NBA. If you're an NFL fan, we got all the teams covered with Locked On NFL, as well as two Locked On NFL Fantasy shows as well. Uh, Totally all of your bases are covered with the Locked On NFL Network. And if you're a college fan as well, today's Saturday. College football, I guess, is happening. Uh, It's it's what my timeline tells me, at least. Uh, If you're a fan of a specific specific program, make sure you're checking out that Locked On show and getting all the latest information on that. And if you find a show on the network that you like, please, the easiest thing you can do to support the show is to go to the iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify page and leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to support. And uh, it's free and it's really helpful for algorithms and egos and all that stuff. So thanks in advance for taking the time. I had a lot of new reviews on the Lockdown Raptors page lately, and it's very much appreciated, and hopefully we can get some more in there. Uh, also, a bit of housekeeping. I am—I was throwing this idea around yesterday, and it seemed like there was a lot of interest, probably more interest than I can accommodate everybody for, but I'm going to run a Lockdown Raptors Fantasy Basketball League this season. Full disclosure, I don't like fantasy basketball, and I'm bad at it, but I wanted to find a way to sort of interact with the fans, so... I'm going to do a league. I'm going to sort of do a contest, I think, to get people into it. And it'll be something you have to listen to the show and then sort of, you know, do whatever I say on the show. Probably a Monday I'll get that sorted out. But just stay tuned for that. Uh, There will be sort of an announcement or a contest announcement for the Locked On Raptors Fantasy Basketball League that we'll get going in the next few weeks here. So keep an ear out for that if you're interested in that kind of thing. There was like 25 people who said they were in yesterday. So we're not going to be able to do that. Probably a 12 or 14 team league, but keep an eye out for that. And uh, hopefully you will make it into the league. Uh, that's it for all the housekeeping stuff. Make sure you're checking out Raptors HQ. I'm reading, or I'm still in the middle of my uh, ranking every Raptors series. The next one's coming out on Monday. I've started on it this morning, and oh boy, there are some good names in here. Um, but we're going to take today's podcast. We're going to take a step away from the preseason questions thing and sort of do one around my ranking every Raptors series. And joining me on today's show to pick apart my first 100 players ranked, the bottom 100 players in Raptors history, is my go-to guy whenever I need uh, advice or wisdom on someone who's old in the NBA, uh, who played in the 90s for the Raptors. He actually wrote a guest blurb in the last uh, ranking set for Hubert Davis. It's our pal Dan Grant. How's it going, buddy? Doing quite well, Sean. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of info there. People... Uh... Uh, are going to be surely swayed to play fantasy basketball with a man who hates it. This is the thing. is like I know people like it, and I I want to like interact with the listeners of the show. It's really fun. Sure. I've had listeners on the show before, and it's always great. And I don't know. I'm bad at it, so it, that should be incentive for, for people to play because they can That's beat true. me because I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I love fantasy basketball, so I uh, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be very motivated 
Drake to smash you into the earth. <laughs> there you go. Everyone knows uh, I would just take Terrence Ross in like the third round and completely <laughs> screw myself. Or set myself up for triumphant victory. Whatever you want. You never know. Yeah. 50 point games. <laughs> one, one every 10 years. <laughs> the guys on uh, Fast Break fast break Breakfast, I never know how to say that podcast name. They do a fantasy league where it's like the... You have to, it's essentially like an anti fantasy league where the players who play the most minutes and get the least stats are like the players you want. And apparently, Terrence Ross is like an all star MVP caliber player in that <laughs> league because he'll play a lot of minutes and score four points. <laughs> it's, uh, he's fulfilling his destiny one way or another. Uh, so, yeah, as I mentioned on today's show, we are going to be going through my first 100 players ranked and ranking every Raptor. And Dan has his opinions on stuff all the time, and he likes to get on me when I have bad takes about things. And I appreciate that. He keeps my ass in line. Uh, so, Dan, I've invited you on. You can essentially guide this conversation if you want. Uh, we have my rankings, my first three installments, players 220 through 121. And I'm just going to have you go through. And if there are places where you disagree with me, bring it up yeah. and we can talk about it. If there's places where you totally agree with me, we can also talk about that too and pat my back. But uh, what do you got first as your first nitpick or nit to pick with my rankings? Yeah, well, I'd like to, uh, to preface this by saying I realize this is a completely arbitrary list, as you said in the opening paragraph. So like, <laughs> you said that uh, the example you used was great where you talked about someone shouldn't get mad that Anthony Carter is 10 spots lower than Omar Cook. It's not going to change your life. <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not a huge deal. Uh, with that said, there most of the, line, the list is great. Like, it's, it's really good. I think it's fun that you're doing this. It's really fun to see tons of names. And like even for someone who writes about the Raptors and follow, has followed the Raptors since day one, like myself, there are names that I just do not remember. Like There are ones that I've never heard of. There are guys that, you know, it's kind of like a blast from the past. Or what I really find is that disproportionately, I'm, People that I knew were on the team when I was, I don't know, like 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. I'll look at the stats you posted and like they only played on the team for 17 games. Whereas I remember them being on the team for a season or maybe two seasons. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a really kind of a fun exercise. Yeah, um, that one for me is Dion yeah. Glover. If there's like yeah. someone who I was just like, that dude, there's no way he played this few games with the team. Yeah. Young Glover played 14 games with the Raptors. I could have said that he played yeah. two seasons, but he did not. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's in, uh, I believe, NBA Live 2004, which is the game I played the most. <laughs> uh, he was on the Raptors roster when right. I made the game. Right. So for me, I thought he was on the team for forever. So <laughs> 14 games. He's still on the team if you still play that game. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so. Where I want to kick off is actually uh, uh, the the lowest list, the first thing you put down on the list. Okay. <laughs> which is, uh, Alonzo Mourning and Kenny Anderson. Yes. Now, I, uh, I do not dispute that they should be the bottom two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they absolutely should. But for me, I would have Kenny Anderson dead last. I would have him way worse than Alonzo. Okay. Uh, because, well, for a couple of reasons. One, um, Kenny Anderson when the Raptors traded for him was kind of like an embattled player. He uh, had had some trouble. He had you know, really lived up, to, lived up to his potential after an amazing college career. Um, and the Raptors obviously had to move Damon Stoudemire, which was uh, something that, you know, early fans of the team were just devastated by because he was the, you know, the face of the franchise for the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Anderson refusing to report. I get it. Like that was a thing that happened in the late nineties. There was a lot of players who didn't want to come to Canada, Steve Francis later on, et cetera. Um, 
But he really had no reason to. Like, his team, it wasn't like he was going from some amazing situation. He didn't have a ton of personal value. Like, he, I, I don't know. For him uh, to not come really was more of a slap in the face to me, especially the time I remembered it, because I was excited about him coming for the two seconds it seemed like he was actually going to be here. <laughs> and then uh, he totally just, you know, crapped all over that. With Alonzo, I, I mean, it's shitty that he didn't come, but... I get it a little bit more, you know, he was 35 years old, um, and he'd had a kidney surgery that, like, was potentially life-threatening, mm-hmm. and basically said, if I'm going to play in the NBA anymore, I want to be on a contender. He hadn't even played on the Nets hardly at all that season. Um, he had had a bunch of different injuries, uh, and kind of was just sitting out, and had asked them to trade him to a contender. So the fact that, that he had made that public, and Rob Babcock, you know, the man himself, who I'm sure we'll discuss quite a lot, uh, on this the lower half of his list, uh, went out and traded for him anyway. And then once he did that, uh, and he said, I was just reading an article, a CBC article from 2005, where he said, "Well, I really tried to convince him to come, but he just doesn't want to." <laughs> Fair enough, Rob. <laughs> but something tells me that Rob Babcock doesn't carry the same gravitas that say Masai Ujiri would today. No, <laughs> that's a, yeah, an understatement. Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Then the fact that he went and paid, like he only it took like a few days, and then he just said, "Okay, we'll pay you eleven million bucks." <laughs> eleven million dollars. He was owed seventeen million, so they did save. I'm doing a big air quotes here. Mm-hmm. Save some money on that trade, but or on that deal. But the fact that he didn't have any kind of a conversation with Morning or his agents or anything before making the deal. Like, it's not like the Raptors were going anywhere that season. And I know they wanted to trade Carter and they wanted to get it done, but everything about that trade is just disgusting. But it's more Rob Babcock's fault than Alonzo Mourning's fault, in, in my opinion. So I would just switch those two guys. But that, that that's just for me. That's I totally get where you're coming from there. This is probably just like a byproduct of the age at which we both were when the things happened. Like, I was 13 when the Alonzo Mourning snafu happened. So that's like I, prime in my... Moody I was sports when Kenny Anderson Yeah, so, so yeah, that that I think that explains the discrepancy there. Uh, but uh, I don't have any qualms with that. I totally agree. And yeah, Kenny Anderson really annoyed me when I tweeted at him and said, "Why didn't you come to Toronto?" Not expecting him to respond, and he said, "It wasn't about basketball, my guy." <laughs> and that is all. <laughs> the photo he put there, but like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to live in Canada, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that bothered me. And also, I guess the I made this point also in the post, like. Alvin Williams being part of that deal, I guess, kind of softened the blow of not getting Kenny Anderson. Sure. And you could argue that, like, Alvin Williams' career from then on was better than Kenny Anderson's. But, yeah, Anderson was definitely, like, the high name, the, the big name guy coming in that deal. And uh, yeah. I have no uh, issue if you want to flip him and Alonzo Mourning. Just Alonzo Mourning as a 13-year-old, seeing him and, like, knowing him a lot more than I knew Kenny Anderson Um, And, like, having seen him be a star at times, you know, in my youth, like, that really stung. And then just, like, also the fact that it was tied to the Carter trade. And obviously, it's not Morning's fault that Rob Babcock was a moron and that Vince Carter killed his value. But I uh, just lump them all in with that. It was a really bad experience altogether. Mm -hmm. What do you got next? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Rick Brunson, who we know is a garbage person. Oh, an absolute garbage person. I just want to know why he got ranked ahead of that Mount Rushmore of big men. So I know you put the big men who barely played, like William Cunningham, Bob McCann, Garth Joseph, and Ed Stokes. Garth mm-hmm. Joseph being the only one I barely remember somehow. <laughs> um, but why did why what is Brunson, who's such a such a garbage human being, get put ahead of them on the list? Uh, mostly just because he had a little bit more production. Um, yeah, that's about enough. it. Like the garbage person factor was always going to be my description for him. Uh, yeah. fuck Rick Brunson forever, but. And also, just like the the ease of just having four dudes in a row, I, I guess I could have put Brunson at two eighteen in front of Cunningham, but I don't know. It's just the it's really stark when you look at the like the franchise index page of the players, and like those four dudes are just like there next to each other on the thing when you sort by like games played okay. or minutes played or points scored or everything. Yeah. So yeah. that it just I guess in my brain is why I put them together, and they just like William Cunningham played one minute for the team, <laughs> yeah. like that's much less than what Rick Brunson did. So I, I guess that cool. would just you know that's why my explanation for there. But I'm I'm not rewarding Rick Brunson by any means. He just happens yeah. to be slightly better at basketball than the three big men who never played, but uh, definitely worse at being a person. Okay, yeah. great. I, I that wasn't a criticism, but just a question. Yeah. Also, R.I.P. to Bob McCann. I didn't know he had died. Um, he's one of, I think, three guys who I've ranked so far who are no longer with us, which makes me sad when I come across them. Yeah, yeah. totally. That happened the other day. I was making a joke about... Oh, it was when I was talking to you, actually, about when I met you were talking about how many players, remember, I'd played for the Raptors that uh, uh, you said it was like half the people on the team had played less than 50 games or something. Yeah, yeah. And I said, so I, I put out that stat about the Celtics where it's like it's more than half for them because there's just when the way the NBA works, there's so many guys that go through. Yeah. And I used an example of a guy I found who had an incredible mullet uh, from the late 90s. I sent a picture to you, and then I was looking him up and reading about him, and he passed away a couple years ago. And I felt awful for making fun of him. Yeah, I had that experience in the second post when I was talking about Nate Huffman. um, Or it might have been the third post. I can't remember exactly which one. But So Nate Huffman, I had this like very mean post written because he just was like this goofy-looking dude who was bad and like went to Europe and stuff and like I just had a bunch of jokes lined up and then I was like oh wait he's dead I'm gonna delete eight of these ten jokes and just keep two of them in here (laughs) you don't need to to, to pile on the guy no 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 that's fair enough uh okay now we're gonna get to the one we've debated the most okay uh number 206 Rafael Rougeau who I get it and I also enjoy your fucking seriously in brackets (laughs) After the 75 starts. <laughs> Believe me, it was 75 starts. I was there for all of them. Um, I do know that, as you said, under your arbitrary uh, ranking system, that people who like have personally affected you or wronged you in some way <laughs> get ranked a lot lower. But as we were reading through, and even as I was reading the list yesterday, like for example, there's a guy named, who I do not even know who he is. Where is the one? Uh... Ah, where is the dude? Sorry, I had it in front of me in a second. Martin Lewis. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of Martin Lewis. I don't remember <laughs> who that is. And he's ranked 60-odd spots higher than Arujo. True. Um, and I'm not saying that Arujo was good by any means. I'm just saying, this is like, if you weren't going to put him last, <laughs> it seems like a very weird, arbitrary spot to stick him at 206. Like, I don't know... <laughs> 
don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, because there were these guys who didn't play at all, like yeah. the like the you know the the Mount Rushmore of bad bigs. There's another and other guys who haven't played, like Nathan Jawai barely played, Malachi yeah. Richardson, Antonio Lang, who I didn't know was a person, and then there's Chris Garner, who's the first guy who actually played a lot, but it was just like unbelievably terrible at basketball when he played. And then it gets to sort of the three uh, dudes who I think were kind of in this range, which is Alexander Radojevich, who is like unquestionably a worse draft pick than Rafa Rujo. He played three games, was injured the entire time, had a very similar stat line to him in that time, but also didn't play. Um, And then Euro Slokar, who like love the puns you can make with Euro Slokar's name, but like he wasn't good and barely played. He only played 20 games and didn't do anything. So like I felt... You know, they they were worth being below Hoffa. It's just, I know Hoffa played a lot. And I know just on the basis of just, like, accruing points and totals and stuff like that, he's going to be higher in, yeah. in, a, in, in, in theory in a vacuum than guys like Ronald Dupree and Linton Johnson, who were 10-day guys who barely played. But I just, the, the way in which he sucked and <laughs> the degree to which I was furious at that pick at the time it was made. Like, it wasn't even one of these things where it's like a year later, it's like, oh, man, they really duffed that. Like, you yeah. knew the second they called that dude up that that pick was wasted. And just the – and I know a lot of it's Rob Babcock's fault, and I definitely slander Rob Babcock a lot. <laughs> and, like, if I'm ever doing an executive ranking of Rob Babcock uh, – or of the Raptors' executives, he's obviously last by, like, 500 spots, even though they've had, like, 10 GMs. Um, he, he's terrible, and it's mostly his fault. But Arujo was so damaging, I think, to the team during that time frame. Just the num- the amount of games he was able to play. Yes, he accrued totals, but he also just accrued scar tissue built up on the team. And I think that's worth knocking him all the way down below. These guys who were bad and barely played, but you know had the hustle of a 10-day guy, lived the 10-day circuit and in 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 that life going contract to contract, that Arujo was just kind of handed by being the 8th overall pick. And didn't do anything with it. So that's that was my reasoning there. It was more of a, a meritocracy type thing because Hoffa was garbage, and yeah. it was all handed to him as a first round pick with you know a, a guaranteed contract and all this stuff, and it still didn't matter. And the fact that he, because he was such a high pick, that forced him to be started seventy five times, and yeah. having him start seventy five games, just the opportunity cost of who else you could have been starting in those seventy five games, even though this is the oh four to oh six period, which might be the darkest time in team history. I just I, I can't get over that. So it's yeah. more of a damage incurred on the team as opposed to you know just pure production being uh, a little bit better than some other guys. Fair enough. Yeah, it should be noted too. I'm looking at this as you were talking. Drafted immediately in front of Andre Iguodala. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that, was, that was the next pick. Luol Deng and Andre Iguodala with the picks on either side of him. I'm convinced that if the Raptors take Iguodala, Carter yeah. does not end up getting traded. Carter realizes, hey, we got Iguodala, Chris Bosch. Like, we have something real here. And maybe that team contends a couple years later. I don't know. Like, the 06-07 season, instead of it being a surprise, maybe it's peak Vince with peak Chris Bosch and peak Iguodala or close to peak Iguodala, and they're a terrifying team. I remember Babcock defending not taking Iguodala by saying that we already had Vince and Mo Pete. (sighs) Probably use three wing players. I think it would be fine. Yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, other players taken right after Andres Biedrins, who was useful in his time, you know, uh, Al Jefferson, Josh Smith, J.R. Smith, Darrell Wright, and Jameer Nelson, who was the player that they wanted to take. Yeah. I know that was like a, for, a, for a fact. They wanted to trade down, turn their pick into two picks, and they wanted to take Hoffa, which is still a mistake, but maybe less of a mistake at 27 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, take Jameer Nelson. And. 
that obviously would have been a better pick, but you know that became like the hollow defense afterwards. It's like, well, why didn't you just take the guy you wanted then? Jameer Nelson, I mean, he got picked 20th, but if you took him 8th, at least, I mean, he's still in the NBA now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would have been a serviceable... He won the National Player of the Year in college, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have made more sense than, you know, reaching for the weird Brazilian center who can't jump. <laughs> Just the the change in attitude and team-building philosophy from we don't need Iguodala because we already have Vince to a few years later, we're going to get Jermaine O'Neal even though we already have Chris Bosh and Bargnani and just play all three at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, very, somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah, it's extremely <laughs> odds, Raptors. Wild extremes, yeah. What do you anyway, got next? Yeah, that's fine. No, Hoffa sucks, so yeah. it's okay. It's What's just, next? Uh, you know, I was just curious as to why 206. It was like a very yeah. specific, uh, specific spot. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What do you got next? Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, No, I mean, the next, the rest of that section of the, 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 so the first entry that you did all kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know who Brad Lowhouse is. I'm going to always point out when I never heard of the guy. I just (laughs) have no idea. He was like kind of okay for the Celtics in the 80s, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, Played 97, yeah, power forward center. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, let me pull this up here. I'm pretty sure he played on, like, those good Celtics teams in the 80s. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry, he, he came in 87, 88, so he was kind of for the downturn. But he had a couple seasons where he averaged close to double digits, and then he went to Milwaukee for a long time, and that was it. He only played two seasons with Boston. Never mind. <laughs> I did I did enjoy the Brad Lowhouse, Jake Boschel, uh, 26.7% field goal percentage that mirrored each other. That was a very nice pairing by you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah, the, like, the rankings at times... Maybe guys should be higher, but just for the sake of smushing two guys together and for symmetry and synergy and all that stuff, I thought that that would that would made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, where is the next guy I was looking at? It is. I mean, honestly, Anthony Bennett, I think, is too high <laughs> <laughs> for what he did. And it's not like you wrote. It's almost just like you feel bad for him at this point. Yeah. But, there's a lot of people on that list that I remember that I'll remember a lot more fondly than Anthony Bennett, and even it's even stupid people like Hayward Workman or yeah, uh, you know uh, T.J. Augustine, even Julian Stone. Really, like that guy yeah. was. Yeah, I probably should have put Bennett lower. It was more of a sympathy thing. Like he's been beaten up enough. Yeah. Give him 181 no, as opposed to 192. You know, maybe that'll make his day brighter. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, enough. Corey Blunt should have been ranked far higher because of his hilarious drug charge. Yeah, what is his charge? Can you read it for him? Yeah, so in 2006 or something, he was arrested because he had 29 pounds of weed in his possession. Yeah. And in 2009, in the court case, the judge, Craig Hedrick, uh, said, quote, Cheech and Chong would have had a hard time smoking that much after Blunt said that he had it entirely for personal use, which is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so much weed. <laughs> so much weed. He only got one year in jail, though, as opposed to the max 10, so that's good. Yeah, I remember that. I think he was on the Celtics then. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's Mark Blunt. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Corey Blunt's a different dude. 
Okay. He's well, re- he, I believe he retired after his time with the Raptors or close after. Yeah, fair enough. Pretty good weed smoking last name, though. That's incredible. I made the pun in there. It was too easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to the second one. we got to speed this up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so on the second list here, uh, I mean, it's all pretty fine. Uh, Aaron Williams, ridiculous. <sighs> the fact that, as you said, Aaron Williams did more for the team than Alonzo Mourning uh, was pretty <laughs> indicative of how that trade went. Yeah. We already talked about Nate Huffman. I do not remember Lloyd Daniels, 1998. That makes sense. Uh, oh, so I like that little story about him scoring 21 points in his first game. And yeah. <laughs> getting into the night. That team was uh, so bad, too. So, Robert Archibald. Uh, yeah. I don't have a problem with where he's placed. I just want to talk about him. Sure. Um, I remember him being on the team because Chuck Swirsky loved him. Oh, yeah? Uh, him and Lonnie Baxter together. He called them the Bash Brothers. And they would come in and rebound and do shit. There's another one of those guys, the fact that he only played 30 games. I, I thought he was on the team for that whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, was he actually a goaltender? No, I totally did that just because that's what he sounded like. He was oh, okay. not a actual goaltender for a third-tier Scottish football club, no. <laughs> Listen, I lived in Scotland, and I believe that. So <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes sense. This guy is useless. Yeah. So. No. If if people actually believe that, I'm sorry for misleading you. Robert Archibald was not the third third string third string keeper for Cowden Beath FC, sent yeah. over as a publicity stunt after his team was relegated. No, that did not happen. Well, um, the thing that, about Robert Archibald is I don't remember him at all, even though I watched that 0304 season pretty intently. That was the Kevin O'Neill season, which was garbage. But um, yeah. I like I don't remember Robert Archibald at all. Yeah, I don't know why I do. He was humongous. He was yeah, like he was like seven two. Yeah, and he yeah. was just an absolute wall of a human. And when he would come in, he had terrible hands, but he got rebounds <laughs> and stuff because he was so big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was him and Lonnie Baxter would play together for some reason, uh, and they would come in and they would just grab rebounds and smash people essentially. <laughs> uh, front yeah. court, Lonnie Baxter and Robert Archibald as a front court. My God, yeah, it was pretty. They've come so far. Uh, yeah, whatever. I guess Bosch was probably on the bench. Antonio Davis, I don't know. Yeah. I got Lonnie Baxter coming up uh, very soon in yeah. the next installment of Ranking Every Raptors, so stay tuned oh. for that. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Derek Dial, Damone Brown. No no memory of either of these guys. Yeah, no. They uh, the, the thing, the prevailing theme of this entire section is guys who played for like 30 teams in 15 years. Right. And like teams that don't seem real. Like... Uh, I posted Jermaine Jackson's career history from Wikipedia on here. He played yeah. for teams like the Quad City Thunder, the yeah. Kansas Cagers, the Flint Fuse, the Great Lakes Storm. Like Kansas Cagers is with a Z at the end, by the way. So just to clarify that in your brain. Yeah, this, that's pretty much the prevailing theme of this section. This was my least favorite section to write, I think, just because I the guys didn't have enough notability or, or notoriety or anything like standout that I could talk about. Right. So I was just like, oh, hey, look, this guy played for a lot of teams. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. We should get Snydero Udine jerseys. That's, that's <laughs> a team that you're going to play for. Snydero Udine. I, cannot, yeah. I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's, uh, it's incredible. It sounds properly Italian to me. I'm guessing yeah. it's an Italian team. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Albanian or something. Anyway. Um,. There is, yeah, I mean, Patrick O'Brien, we've talked about many times in the podcast, but yeah. funny to see his name, uh, grouped with Primos and Eric Montross. Eric Montross is always a good pull, because he was on the roster for a couple of seasons. Yeah. 
So that random Raptors game, he's, he's often in there. Yeah, he um, kind of yeah he gets snuck in there. That random Raptors game, by the way, I might have to bring it to this because the Raptors HQ podcast is dead. But okay. um, people, if they've listened to that HQ pod, you know what that random Raptors game is. It's tremendous. Yeah, sorry, I should have. Uh, That's okay. Who needs context? It's all good. Huh. Context is bullshit. Just, just live <laughs> your life. Uh, Nando Nicolo, probably a little high <laughs> at one fifty nine. I guess, but like. The guys who played in the 2013-14 season are always kind of lifted in my brain just because of the just how transformative that year was and how fun it was to watch. And like Nando, it feels like played more than he did. Um, it's not like he did nothing when he played; like he played sparingly, but he put up reasonable production in small amount of minutes. Like yeah, 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 that's fair. What I do you just... think of my my take that he's the only player from that team or this era of the Raptors before Kawhi who's going to go to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I mean... Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Probably true. I mean, if he keeps playing the way he has been in Europe, um, it'd be interesting to see. I, I don't know how many just pure European guys who never came over are actually in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure there are some. Mm. I just... Uh, I know it's usually guys that came over and had... I mean, I guess he had the cup of coffee where he was yeah. 20 games, but like... It wasn't... Once his yeah. got in this year, the guy who used to play for the Celtics in the, in the 90s and smoked cigarettes the whole time. Um, anyway... He got in before Tony Kukoc, and I know people thought it was a big deal. But then you go look at his European history, yeah, and it's uh, so that they really do value that, that stuff as they should. Um, and and like, Nicole you know, is like straight up just like European James Harden with the numbers he's yeah. putting up. It's it's ridiculous. Although he wins titles, he does. <laughs> oh, James Harden shot deep in the Raptors podcast. The James Harden shot <laughs> rings into the night. Uh, I hated Michael Curry. Uh, he's probably placed appropriately. I just he he could not shoot, and uh, he used to get a lot of wide open jump shots playing next to Vince Carter, mm-hmm. and he used to just brick them um, constantly. So I had no time for Michael Curry. I know he's supposed to be this defensive shutdown guy, but at age eighteen, I didn't care about that at all. Hey, that was the defensive shutdown season. They, yeah, they were pretty good at defense, but also scored sixty eight points a game or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. How about Bruno Caboclo? Oh, man. That's, That's another one of those ones where he didn't do enough to actually be this high, but the no, the memorability no. of him is better than anyone on this list so far, I'm pretty sure. That one I have no problem with. Okay. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's appropriately uh, placed. Um, oh, I think my dog is running downstairs. Sorry, you can edit this out if you need to. That's okay. Um, okay. Uh, so we're on the, the third installment of the list now. Uh, I previously mentioned Martin Lewis. Yes. Who I, I really have no idea. He sounds like he's your accountant. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he scored 89 points as a Raptor. Yeah. So, that's he's, pretty early on. He's one of these guys, so when I'm a little bit behind the curtain when I do this, I have like a Google Doc that where I've just got them listed 1 through 218 or 220. And yeah. as I knock them off, I'll like just like copy paste all the names into. Uh, the post and then I'll sort of work it, work it from there and kind of reshuffle guys around and I had Martin Lewis a lot higher and then I was like why is he so high and he's one of these guys that I kind of probably shouldn't have pre- should have put in the previous post but mm. I just forgot so it's like okay I'll start it with this and it's going to happen in the next one as well with Vincenzo Esposito who uh, <laughs> should no way be 120 and I no. totally just blanked and thought he was more important than he was I deprecate myself a little bit in the post when I'm writing about him now but um, yeah, the, Vincenzo Esposito so far is the winner of this ranking because he's probably like 80 spots higher than he should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a memorable name. Yeah. 
So there you go. Uh, I like Greb's team's most placing. Yeah. Uh, he didn't really play that much with the team. I love that he wrote not even one block in 60 <laughs> given that he was such a dump truck, and that was like one of his big functions was to protect the rim. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just a good bench celebrator. That's all he was, he, but it was great. He was spectacular on the bench. Yeah. And, you know, teams need lots of different kinds of guys, and uh, he fulfilled his role admirably. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I'm, I'm totally fine with him being, I, as you said, probably about 60 spots higher than he would be if it was like a statistical ranking. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, he's great where he is. Um, Please disagree with me more. What's that? You kind of started just to agree with me now. Well, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a couple that I disagree about. I mean, that one I think he should be lower, but I like the reason that you gave me. So it's hard to uh, it's hard to. To give you too much crap, Sean. I think you're doing a, a fine job here. It's a bulletproof uh, post. Bullet yeah. Bullet- Until Vincenzo Esposito. And also, I'm putting Ben Uzo in the top 100, so. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, so, I have no, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I have no experience with Ben Uzo. I was living overseas that year. Oh, right. So, I did not see that game, and everyone goes nuts about him. I have no idea what he looks like. I have no idea. I've never seen even any footage of the game. I, uh, I so everyone goes nuts about that Benuzo game, and I just feel left out. He played uh, for Nigeria at right. the Olympics uh, okay. this past summer, or I guess last year. When were the, when were the Olympics? Two years ago, twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was there in twenty sixteen for for Team Nigeria with uh, oh god, uh, Ike Diogu was the, oh, right, okay. the sort of backbone of that team. Uh, oh, I found my next beef. Yeah, Marcus Banks. Yes. Marcus Banks is too high. <laughs> <Marcus> <laughs> Banks, I know he was on the team for three years, but as you it's written right here. He's on the team for three years. He played 31 games. Like, if you want to talk about a guy that was just, like, cashing Raptors checks and is completely useless and is indicative of, like, the death of an era, <laughs> Brian Colangelo being forced to pay Marcus Banks the money that he signed Marcus Banks to when he was in Phoenix uh, is one of my favorite, like, little bits of NBA trivia. Like, yeah. He overpaid Marcus Banks in Phoenix. Banks gets moved a couple of times. Colangelo winds up reacquiring one of the worst contracts he ever handed out, and that's really sad. <laughs> what was just, that contract like, again? Pardon me. What was the contract he got? Like how much? I think it was like four years, twenty million. It was just like five million. Jesus a season. Christ! But again, he's not. He did not play. Like so. Yeah. You know, that's a lot for that time that too. Time. Yeah, in today's NBA, that doesn't sound like a lot, but I think the max salary back then was like thirteen or fourteen million. So oh he was making God. he was making bank to do nothing. Yeah, he made. Uh, he was like, yeah, four years. Yeah, four years twenty. It looks like. Yeah. Good God. Like yeah, four years twenty two, maybe. Yeah, they signed him to be Nash's primary backup, and after I think they lost, I think they lost Barbosa briefly, maybe or something. Yeah, and it was, and it just did not obviously work out. So yeah, the Raptors were on the hook to pay him eight point seven million dollars over two seasons, and then the four point eight uh, for the last season ended up being traded to the Hornets. So okay, uh, that's good, I guess. But that is a lot of money to pay for thirty one games of Marcus Banks as a backup. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. So I want him lower. That's I want fair. Him lower on that list. I, yeah. I agree to an extent. This is another one of those synergy ones where him and Mamadou yeah. and Jai kind of play very similar, uh, 
like arcs over three years at just okay. at different positions and then ended up getting traded for interesting people. Um, I joke about the Page of Stojakovic as a legend of the franchise, but he's also going to be in the top 100, so deal with it. Um, even though he played two games. I was going to bring that up at the end because yeah. I didn't see his name yet. No, no, don't worry. He's coming up. Uh, he is the all-time leader in a lot of advanced statistics through two games of his career, so that's why he's higher. His okay. PER is like 38. Yeah. I remember Mamadou Najai specifically because of that same uh, NBA Live game I was talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It was NBA Live 04, but it was the 03 roster. Yeah. And uh, he was on there, and I think he was the lowest-rated player in the game. Like, and the way it worked back then is if you were the lowest rated player in the game, you could, like, barely even catch the ball. Like, <laughs> it's, it's completely unnecessary. Like, he's a functional human being. So, but, yeah, like, you throw him the ball, and he just immediately get, get stolen or whatever. He was just, it was like putting, like, a deer on skates out on the ice. So, yeah, that makes sense. doesn't appear to be that much different from his actual career. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who that guy was. I used to play a lot with, uh, in 0203. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I would, like, NBA Live 03, I would play with the Sonics a lot. Yeah, and because I liked Gary Payton and Ray Allen, and sure. I think the guy, Eldon Campbell, is the guy who was yes. just unfathomably bad in that game. Yes. Um, also, Irvin Johnson on the Wolves was really bad too. Very bad. Yeah, Very not bad Magic well. Irvin Johnson. <laughs> uh, the other, the other Irvin Johnson. Yeah, yeah. What odds? Yeah, um, but yeah, Mamadou and Jai kind of in that same realm of players. Although Eldon Campbell played twelve years, and Jai did not do that. He still put up, like, kind of okay numbers in 14 minutes a game, though, which is kind of weird. Like, over a block a game in 14 minutes, that's pretty good. He was an early one of those guys that I think they hoped would be kind of, like, develop after they drafted him. It was, like, the way you see a lot of the African players that are getting drafted now. Yeah, yeah. I just think there's so much more infrastructure there now that these guys have so much, like, just better experience when they get here. And the, the coaching is just better, too, when they have things. like They didn't have the D-League back then. They didn't have anything like that to support dudes like that. I think he was really naturally talented and had a lot of athleticism, but he was mm-hmm. so big. Yeah. I think it was just tough for him to pick the game up. I wonder how many of these guys would be ranked higher had there been a D-League. Like, Njai, I think, is definitely a, ca- a candidate for that. Just like sure. He'd be 20 spots higher or more. Slokar. I think Slokar. Slokar was a big man who could shoot. Like I just think yeah. back then when he was in the league – you know, stretch fours were not really a thing. Yeah. And that was the kind of player he needed to be because I think he was like a uh, Ersan Ilyasova style kind of guy before that guy existed. Uh, And he just never really got the playing time because he couldn't really rebound Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he wasn't a great defender, but (laughs) he could shoot the ball as a big guy. Uh, So I think if, you know, he came in the league now, I think he would have had a more successful run for sure. A European Raptors big who couldn't rebound? Crazy. Wild. (laughs) We've reached my guest post, Sean. Yes, Hubert Davis. Well, I'll let you talk about Hubert Davis. What do you think about my, my summary of Hubert Davis? I thought it was uh, it was longer than anything I've written in this thing so far, so that's good. Um, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize he was like such a sharpshooter as like one of the best three-point shooters in the league for so long because I was going through the numbers, and yeah, he shot 23% from three as a Raptor. Um, mm-hmm. And like doubled that when he went to elsewhere uh, in like Dallas, so... Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't really know about him. That's why I asked you to do it, because he was from 96 and 97. So I was like, I guess Dan probably knows who this guy is, but I guess I take it that you didn't really know who he was? No, I uh, I had not remembered he played for Toronto. I knew that he was on the Riley's Knicks. Uh, right. He was like their, their floor-spacing third guard kind of guy. But right. um, I did not remember that he played for Toronto at all. I also went back and tried to figure out why we released him. 
if it was like an injury or what. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be like any public record or like anything <laughs> of why that happened because they gave up a first round pick for him. And I know he didn't play well, and he only played 36 games, so uh, they just moved on. And then he went and signed to Dallas and just like shot the lights out for three straight seasons. So, I do like that they got the first-round pick yeah. back indirectly in the form of John Thomas, which is nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they did. They got him within two seasons. Yeah. So, And then he didn't do very much either. Uh, Another one of those guys who's definitely higher than he should be, though, because I have a recollection of him and like a piece of memorabilia with him on it. Davis? No, John Thomas. Oh, John Thomas. Yeah, I had that yeah, ticket yeah. with him on it for my first game that yeah, I remember going to. Yeah, and I was just like, I, this guy's obviously great. Two first names. Yes, uh, always, always a good thing. That's like, that's <laughs> uh, so Jared Sollinger, maybe a little high. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Egregious stat line <laughs> that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> I just, he had the one game where he came in in his first game and had like 11 points and it was like, hey! And then it never really transpired after that. It's just yeah. kind of downhill. Given like the hopes they had for him, he's getting in shape. He was, he was a guy that he was, he stayed an extra year in college. Mm-hmm. And before that, if he had come out, he was going to be a top five pick. Yeah. And then he stayed and dropped to like 23. But he was like useful for Boston too, though. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. really kind of okay as like a backup center, but... He had good hands. He was a good rebounder. Yeah. Uh, a smart rebounder. But he just, I mean, the guys who are that big, yeah. you know, they're, they're not fast enough in the NBA today. Yeah. And the ankle injury he had was pretty severe. So yeah. he's Definitely. tearing it up in China right now, though. So good on you, Jared Sollinger. I saw a picture of him today, actually. He looks pretty skinny. So there you go. Good Look on around. you, Sully. Awesome. Uh, Sunday out of games. A man that I cannot believe only played six games. <laughs> I must have watched all of them. Uh, so. I think did he go play elsewhere after? Was he in Utah? He's and actually he plays. I think went to Utah, but he's also he was on the Nets for a while. And he played for the Nets, started for the Nets in the Ben Uzo game. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, um, so that's I think why he's inflated in my memory because I've looked at that box score a million times in my life because it's just a piece of war, like a piece of art that should be framed somewhere. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sunday out of games. Six games. They lost every single game he played for the team. Wow. Yeah. That's the, that is a tough look. Um, I don't remember Justin Denton. I, D-League I, MVP. Yeah. How, did he, how do you win the D-League MVP and you can't even get a part-time NBA contract? That's... Because at the end of the season, he was competing with Ben Uzo for the job. And they gave oh, it to I Ben see. Uzo to close out the season. And No, but I mean anywhere. Yeah, like, no, True. Yeah, the fact that nobody gave him a chance. Yeah, I think oh, so he. he the game. Yeah, Utah. Sorry, he, he played in Utah before he came to Toronto. Yeah, I think he was better than he got. Like he ended up having a really good European career. I'm pretty sure. So that's yeah. cool. Um, and he's been playing in the basketball tournament the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I, I have I vaguely recall his four games. I think they were kind of okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, uh, I guess the last one that I'll have any kind of beef with because it's mostly fine. Is uh, Fred Jones? Mm-hmm. I think should be lower because of how disappointing he was and how disappointing he made me. Um, I didn't think he was going to be amazing, but the fact that he won the dunk contest and came in, and you thought, I think we struck out on a bunch of free agents that year. There was a whole thing about how the Raptors were going to bring in some guy to help Bosch, and then it wound up being Fred Jones, which was already disappointing. Yeah. And then it turned into what Fred Jones was for the Raptors, which was just atrocious. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's pretty disappointing to me. He falls into the, almost into the Hoffa category for me as disappointment. Like, obviously Hoffa's number one on that list, but he's, he's, he's in there. See, I don't recall him being that much of a disappointment for me. And, like, he didn't put up horrible... I mean, he shot terribly, but, like, he produced a little bit at least. Um, yeah. And, but, like, the thing with Fred Jones was I think the expectations for him were way out of whack because, you know, they missed out on a guy like John Salmons, who was pretty good at the time. And, like, that's yeah. that's the guy they were trying to. And then uh, and then Jones was the like the backup plan there. Um, but, like, I, I, I don't know. I just... I don't think Fred Jones I ever thought was that good. And also, I think this is another one of those, it's not the player's fault, it's the the front office's fault for, like, mis-evaluating a guy and sort of putting too much stock into him. And, like, they gave him three years, $11 million, which isn't crazy, but at the time, it's not, like, it's not peanuts. No, it was not, it was not nothing. It's definitely Colangelo doing the thing that he does where he thinks he's smarter than he is. Yeah, yeah. And he goes and gets some guy that he thinks has, like, just needs a better, like, a change of scenery or whatever. And if you look at Fred Jones' career, like, he was gradually improving. They signed him when he was 26. Like, that's when a guy could take a leap. Like, it all that all makes sense. But he's, like, out maneuvering himself. And be like, wait a minute. Is this guy actually good at anything? Or yeah. is he actually elite at anything? And the answer is no. No, he was so. never really good. He had one season, 04 05, um, yeah. where he averaged 10.6. He shot 38% from three on three attempts, which is kind of nice for that era. Sure. Um, but, like, other than that, like, he wasn't. Like a standout player by any means. Yes, he was much worse with the Raptors than he was with the Pacers, but the Pacers were also good in that time frame. So, it's true. Like he was kind of being lifted up by who who he was playing with. So yeah, no, Fred Jones, not as disappointing for me as I think other people, but I totally understand where you're coming from there. Legit. And then, yeah, the last one I'll mention is a happy one, which is Rod Strickland. I was really happy he is where he is. <laughs> I watched that 16 assist game. Uh, or whatever, however many he wound up in that game, but it was it was it was awesome. It was really cool to see him as a guy who was you know amazing throughout the '90s, just on the team. And that was kind of the year where the team was kind of falling apart. Yeah, uh, and things were had been great and weren't as good anymore. And they brought him in, and he was just a ton of fun. So that was uh, it was a cool thing to kind of relive that. Yeah, that season. was the end of the Kevin O'Neill season, which yeah. I I posit is probably the worst season of team history. Yeah, or at least one I, of the worst I, three. For sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, we, we finish off, of course, with the legendary Pop So. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very happy that he's, you know, the, you know the, the pole position on one of these one of these groups. So I definitely believed in Pop So more than Jerome Moiso, but again, I, like the, the 0 0 0 thing, it felt too easy <laughs> to put them together. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to put them together. That's fine. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. They're like the same them. person, right? <laughs> just, yeah. just in different times. Like, Moiso essentially left right when Pop So came, so. Yes. Moiso well, well, only played two more games with the team after the 0-0-0 game, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Popso played with such, like, fury. Yeah. And it was just, like, really fun on a team that wasn't good to see someone who gave that much of a crap. Yeah. And then uh, when he got hurt, it was really, really sad mm-hmm. because he, he basically broke his neck. Uh, and... It was kind of a, a shitty thing because you knew even if he came back, he probably wouldn't be able to play with the physicality that made him what he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's another guy. If he came along now, he'd be a great energy kind of rim running that Clint Capella style. Maybe not that good, obviously, but no, no, no. He'd be better than Clint Capella. Come on. What's that? But he'd be better than Clint. Believe in our boy. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Capella just had twenty million a season. <laughs> yeah, Pop So could have done that too. Well, okay. Is Pop so like a top three devastating injury in Raptors history? Yeah, it's like him and Garbahosa. And like TJ Ford, probably. 
yeah, those are yeah, yeah. those are the most disappointing. Probably you know I can't think of. There's probably other ones we're not thinking of, but those are yeah. pretty bad. Ones I guess Vince sure. missing the end of the O2 season could have been bad, but then they won all the games and it didn't. They really won everything bad. without him. Yeah, <laughs> that was when the public sentiment turned against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, for sure. So anyway, yeah, Sean, you're doing a great job here. I look forward to reading the top 120. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, the players 120 through 191 will be out on Monday. Working on that right now. It's fun. They're, like as I as I keep going here, there's just more and more dudes that I have like vivid memories of. So that's fun. Um, and also, I talk about Mike James. The next one, even though Mike James doesn't get ranked, I still talk about Mike James because you should probably talk about Mike James more often. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was really a, a pretty wild season that he did what he did, and then he just faded off into the. Night. I was going through the game log today, dude. It is fucking insane. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'll talk. I talked about it in the post. You'll see. Um, I also tweeted about it this morning. I don't need to rehash my tweets, but uh, Mike Jones, Mike Mike James, we should probably talk about the end of that season more often. Uh, Dan, we should talk about this podcast more often. It was a good ass podcast, I think. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Where can people check you out? Uh, you know, Raptors HQ. I'll be doing game previews and stuff as I do uh, during the season. Uh, beginning of the year, I might be a little uh, uh, scarce or hard to find because. Uh, my wife and I are expecting our first kid at the end of October, so that's pretty exciting. That's and amazing. Way to plug your kid on the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to plug the kid. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. I'm sure I'll have some funny uh, kid stories next time I, I come on and see you, but I'm just looking forward to the season getting started. Uh, other than that, yeah, not, uh, not too much more to plug, but... Uh, I uh, always enjoy being here, Sean. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Uh, make sure you're checking out Dan, Dan at SlamadanyG on Twitter. You can follow me at WoodleySean. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Please rate and review. It's the best way to support the show. As always, the Lockdown Network has got you covered for baseball, football, both college and professional, basketball, college and professional as well. Uh, make sure you're checking out all the Lockdown shows for the teams that you like, and uh, make sure you're getting that content into your ears. And uh, we'll be back again on Monday. We're going to continue on with our preseason questions. I'm not sure what question it'll be just yet, but that's coming up soon. And again, stay tuned for news and announcements and uh, instructions for how to get into the Lockdown Raptors Fantasy Basketball League. I'm still working up a way to make it a contest, but there will be some sort of contest, probably involving old Raptors players, if we're being honest. Um, so stay tuned for that on Monday. I'll announce that. And uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Lockdown Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.